Hey guys, welcome to the latest episode of the 4040 Vision podcast, the ultimate sports history pod where hindsight is 4040. Before we get started, let's pay some bills and hear from our presenting sponsors. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 4040 Vision podcast. I'm your host, Khaled Abdallah, and I'm joined today by a very special guest, Shenner Corcusus of the A7FL. Shenner, how's everything going today? Doing awesome. Thanks for having me, Khaled. Of course, of course. Uh, thanks for agreeing to jump on. So Shenner is the founder of a a tackle football no pads league called the A7FL or the uh, American Sevens. And I wanted to bring him on today to talk about the league and uh, the challenges that they're facing, all the awesome things that they're doing and the growth that they're experiencing. So let's let's jump right in. I did some stalking on your LinkedIn before the podcast and I saw that you know you don't really have a sports background maybe until recently. So what was the inspiration for you starting uh, the, the A7FL? Great question. Um, came from a tech background, um, but growing up, played football, played Pop Warner football, uh, played no pads tackle football with my friends, um, with my co-founder of the league, uh, Ryan DePaul. We grew up playing this kind of football. And so I was looking for what I was going to do next, my next venture. Um, out of everything that I was looking at, this really struck me the most, which it really wasn't a business. It was a hobby that my partner had created. Uh, um, you know, my old friend had created a recreational league around no pads football. But I said to myself, and it really struck me, this is going to be the future of football. And together we could take this to the next level. And that was the beginning of the A7FL. That was 2014. 2015 was our first season. 2017, we started live streaming for the first time. And and really, the rest was history. Um, so bigger and, and, and better um, deals, more um, games across the country, more teams across the country, and media rights. TV deals, etc., sponsorships. Now we're in the building phase, um, so I'll, we'll, I know we'll get into that, but mm-hmm. a lot to cover. Yeah, yeah. Congrats on on hitting ten years. That that's quite a milestone. Uh, I mean, I've come across your league kind of on accident sometimes on YouTube TV. It's one of the. I'm a big sports guy, obviously, so it's one of the featured things that comes up when I open up YouTube TV on Stadium. And there was something so relatable about watching this because just like you, you know, I used to play tackle football growing up. I played organized football in high school. And then, you know, after high school and then the off season, you still want to play tackle football with your buddies. So you play at the park. And then, you know, recently I want to say about eight months ago, I played in a similar league, not a similar league, but it it was a contact flag league. So there was tackle Uh as well. And I was like, there's so many people out there in America that want to play this and want to watch this. And it was just, it was amazing to watch people do this on, on TV. So Aside from the no pads, which I think I definitely want to talk to you about, no helmets, you know, what else is unique? What's what separates your league from, say, you know, arena football or, uh, you know, obviously the NFL and, and these tackle football leagues? That is the key difference. No pads, no helmets means we're not a copy of traditional football, of traditional NFL even the even the game indoors in the arena is it's still usually it's eight on eight, um, but still pads helmets. It's a it's a similar game to your traditional football game. That's actually a well, you know I don't I don't think it's as exciting at that point when it's indoors. 
and then and then you know no pads no helmets sets us apart that's what makes us unique um that's the absolute fact it's the proof in the pudding that's why we've been so successful um there's a few other key rule changes that are important to our game like our three-on-one special teams we don't have kicking in our game we do throw-offs uh, these rules are important. Um, a lot of them were added to be uh, safety related to increase the safety around our game for our athletes. And so that is an aspect of our game. There's certain um, areas where safety is elevated just because of the the adjustments that we've made. But this is a game for guys who still want to hit, um, who love football, uh, who may play flag. Um, may play traditional uh, pads, helmets, football and uh, in the fall. And, and so then the spring, this is an opportunity um, where they can still get amazing video coverage, highlights that could go as far as Sports Center, Bleacher, and Barstool, etc. Um, and, uh, and, 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 uh, and still have that opportunity to chase their dreams. Yeah. So, I mean, on the surface, it makes perfect sense to me that football without the pads in the helmet can be safer in its own way. It can be more similar to rugby with the tackling and things like that. But to some people that may raise their eyebrows and say, how do you play football without pads in a helmet? Is it safer? Is it less safe, more safe? How do you respond to that? Like, is it is it safer statistically? So... When it comes to head safety in, in particular, um, I think that's one of the key areas where we're compared to the NFL. What's the alternative to playing football with with uh, helmets and pads? Well, football insiders have said for a long time, if you take off the face mask, take off the helmet, take off the shoulder pads, you eliminate the player's invincibility and, um, and you don't have guys going head-to-head, helmet-to-helmet on every single play. Not only the, the big hits that cause concussions that are clear and everybody can see, but the multitude of repetitive sub-concussive blows, you know, the tapping every single play that are still can sometimes be big hits but aren't concussions. Those add up over We practically eliminate that in our game. That's the reality. You know, that's not BS. You could just watch our game and see that. Um, it doesn't mean our guys still aren't playing football, and this is real physical football. Uh, so they're still banging up, they're still hitting the ground, they're still taking big hits, and there can still be freak accidents just like in any sport. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not saying it's a uh, you know as safe as um, you know so, uh, you know running or jogging or something like this, um, but in a lot of ways it's safer than traditional football especially when it comes to head safety we think our game's elevating head safety we did two studies with njit the new jersey institute of technology where i graduated and they started to show that our sport elevates head safety for our athletes all of our athletes are um, were shown to start to have the level of safety that typically a quarterback has in in traditional football which is one of the safer positions uh they're the most protected position um so you know whereas uh, uh, on the line in football it's one of the most dangerous positions uh because of all of that repetitive hits you don't see any of that in our game 
Yeah, I've, I've definitely heard that, you know, in the CTE studies and things like that. It's not the big kind of woo hits that, that give CTE and cause the real damage. It's the repetitive, the, mostly the offensive and defensive linemen, just every play batting, you know, hitting their heads. Like you said, those sub-concussion hits, just banging, banging over and over and over. And that's the real, where the damage builds up. So it definitely makes sense to me. Like I said, it, it makes sense to me that it is safer from that perspective uh, just and, like and, rugby and, and some of these and, other sports. And, and sorry to cut you off. And so, you no. know, the research is still ongoing. Uh, I'd say probably half of the community uh, might say that it's the repetitive hits um, that are the major factor. The other half of the scientific community might say it's still the big hits that's the major factor. So, you know, I think it's still an area where we need a lot more research and we welcome um, anybody in the scientific community, uh, universities, um, any kind of studies and, and government studies to get involved with our league and see for yourself. And just like we did when we put biometric mouth guards on our guys, we get the data and it starts to show that picture. But a lot more research is needed. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so when it came to building the league and I mean, even till today, what process do you go about in selecting the teams or the franchises? And I guess this is a separate question, but I do want to talk about how you find these, the talent and the coaches. But let's start with with the locations. How do you pick the cities? How do you pick the regions where you are going to be setting up shop? Um, so we have a loose strategy of where we want to be, but it's really depending on where we're finding ownership for those new markets as we expand. Um, so we've been pretty fortunate um, to be expanding in a way where where it's uh you know can as convenient as possible for us so travel is a is a key to the operations of the league um so we're represented fairly well on the east coast where we began and on the west coast now um which started with our los angeles division and expanded to our nevada division now we're starting to fill in the middle of the country so we have cincinnati we have Indianapolis, our newest division. We have Columbus, Ohio, one of our newest newer divisions as well. Um, we're looking to get into Texas. So there's areas that we have our eye on, Atlanta and Georgia, um, uh, a few other key areas where, where we're looking to expand to sooner than later. Um, we want to get into your neck of the woods in Pittsburgh or Philly. Yeah. So, um, but we started on the East Coast. We grew out of New Jersey. We grew out of that Northeast area, that tri-state area. Um, and, um, and so we're, we, we have uh, divisions everywhere from right now, Orlando to, um, to the, to the West coast. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure Texas, you'll have no trouble finding people that want to play football. That's, that's the heartland. Um, and even out here, so I, I used to be in Philadelphia. Now I'm in Sacramento. Um, and there's, there's an appetite for that here. Uh, like I said, I, I did play in a, a league that tried to be kind of like you guys <laughs> a while back. Um, so there's definitely an appetite and a hunger for folks like me who want to relive their glory days or people that are still in the glory days and want to play some football. Um, and speaking of those folks, where do you find the talent? Is it, uh, you know, organized teams that are already put together playing in other leagues? Maybe they're playing flag and they want to step up. How do you guys find these guys and how do you find the coaches? Is it sort of the same idea where the teams already exist and then they come into the league? That's right. And so the talent, the athletes are, are really the biggest group of um, leads and, and kind of interest that we have. Um, there's players all over the country. 
Um, it's about, hey, is there a team in my area? Um, if not, when is it going to be in my area? Um, so we have a database of over 10,000 players across the country. Um, right now we have 1,200 active players in the league um, heading into 2024 season. But there's 10,000 and, and more out there across the country that want to play. Um, as we start, as we continue to expand, we'll, you know, we establish those new markets and we let them know. And so that's when we have our tryouts and combines. Um, we're announcing our teams, the team names, establishing the coaches to those teams and building those teams. It doesn't take too long for a new market to start up. It get, um, you know, really it's done within a season. So, as we're bringing on new ownership, let's say in 2023, they are geared up to start in 2024. Um, and, and yeah, we have a great process. We work with all of our owners. Uh, we All of our owners work as a team together. Um, so we're building the league and, and what works in one area could work in another and, and uh, helps everybody. That's awesome. Taking like yeah. a, a rising tide lifts all boats That's type right. approach to it. Um, so with teams all over the country in different regions, you mentioned the West Coast, East Coast, some in the Midwest. How how is the league structured? How do you guys have divisions? Is it region specific? How do you determine a champion? Is it one league champion or is it by region? Can you tell us a little bit how that works? Yeah. Yep. So we have divisions across the country, which are regions. Um, those were the areas that I mentioned earlier. And so in each of those markets, we have up to eight teams. They play within their division, within their region in the regular season. We have two conferences, the West and East. So in, in your division, if you're in L.A., if you're in Nevada, you're going to play mostly within your market um, in the regular season. As we head into the um, postseason, into the playoffs, you're going to play within your conference. And then as we head into the national final four, the national championship, you'll start to have um, more national travel. Um, and so that's, that's designed that way um, uh, to, to uh, make it as convenient as possible for our athletes. And, and as we grow, we'll continue to add travel. We'll be moving towards more of a major league uh, format, similar to the NFL or any other major league. And so that's part of our vision as we move forward. And what's the current regular season schedule now? How many games does, does each team generally play? It's about a eight or nine week regular season heading into 24. Um, and then you have your three weeks of playoffs, yeah, including the championship. Okay, great. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I mean, so at, you guys just hit 10 years. So again, congratulations on that. What have been some of the biggest challenges that you faced? I mean, maybe early on when you're first getting started, maybe five years in, and then now what are the biggest challenges that you're facing in, in growing and establishing this league? Um, a lot of challenges for sure. Um, I know the areas that aren't as challenging. I know the areas that are a little more challenging. Um, the What gets us through it all is the sport. And so the sport is the proof in the pudding. It, it really doesn't matter how amazing we are, how many millions or hundreds of millions of dollars that we might have. If the sport isn't there, it's not going to work. You know, just flush it down the toilet. And you've seen that with the XFL two times before. You've seen it with the USFL um, at least once before, if not twice. And number of other um, 
leagues that have that have tried to to uh, to 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 fill the gap in spring, especially in spring football. So we're heading into our tenth season. We've been lean and mean since the start. We're growing it from the ground up. Uh, we've done this grassroots and bootstrapped until we've gotten into um, getting help from our fans across the country, which became investors through crowdfunding, which was huge for us. Um, so we opened up the league to investment and 800 fans across the country invested in the league. That was in 2020. Yep. And so that was a big part of our growth. We said, hey, with, with your investment, we will expand the league and we'll become a national league. We've done that now. And so now is the next phase of our growth. Uh, we will be opening up another round of investment. And, and, um, and part of our strategy is what I was mentioning earlier. It's how does A7FL become the major league of no pads football? And so we've proven the sport. Um, we've we've proven that it's here to stay. We've proven the fans love this game. We're the young audience, um, eighteen to thirty four, that all the the um, brands covet. And so we have a lot going for us. We're we've done a lot of great media rights deals, and then there's so much upside ahead of us. We have yet to get into sports betting. Um, but we're on uh, kind of on the fringe of that and having those discussions. Um, so media uh, rights and, and live sports are the one, you know, really the number one um, market. And in, in when it comes to TV, so live sports are the most valuable. And uh, and this is America's favorite sport of football. So we think we're in a good place. Yeah, I mean, live sports. These we're in a streaming era. Any show that you want to watch you can boot it up anytime you don't have to sit at the tv uh at a specific time but sports if you want to watch it especially if you don't want it to get spoiled for you you got to be in front of your tv your computer whatever and like that's how i discovered you guys for the first time was on on youtube tv on stadium uh, i believe which is where you guys have your your media rights deal so that's a big big box that you get to check which is awesome because people like me who never heard of you guys were able to find you kind of on accident in the spring when i'm hungry for football hungry for some sport other than baseball or soccer. Um, so, and speaking of the fans, how do you guys engage with the fans on, on social media, online, or in person? How do you guys get people to come out to your games, and how do you guys get people to tune in to your games uh, online or, or on TV? So, our content is our calling card. It's our advertisement. So, we produce our games live and, uh, and, and our social media marketing is huge. Uh, we have over seven or 800,000 followers now on social media um, and continually uh, growing that. Um, so it's a combination of our own marketing um, and, and, um, and what we're doing with our distribution partners to get the word out. Um, still a lot of people haven't heard of the A7FL, don't know about us. There's people who are seeing us for the first time all the time. Um, obviously, there's some also major players who have heard of us and when they've seen us they've gone crazy when they mention us on social media uh, you know that that uh that a lot of people find out about us that way um so snoop dogg shouted us out he said hey i want to own uh, a team then he said hey i want to be he's a football guy <laughs> he said i want to be the so i gladly give him my position any day um 
and and uh, Deion Sanders said, I, I want to have a team. Um, so a number of NFL vets have supported us. Um, so I think it's just a matter of time before we bring in some major celebrities and, and uh, NFL names to the league. Um, and just keep building, building on the excitement around the sport. Our athletes are true hometown heroes. They're the stars. And so we focus on our athletes. We keep putting them out there and they, they keep playing their hearts out. And so it's a winning recipe. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I did, of course, look at your social media. I saw some big football names, Mike Tice, Mike Tomlin, Snoop Dogg. I'll shout you guys out. And I think, you know, football guys love football. And this is football almost in its in its purest form. So I, I definitely can see the appeal and why they would want to get involved, especially as you grow. And in, in terms of the growth, I know that it can be incredibly financially demanding, building and establishing a league. You talked about being lean and mean. I mean, what steps do you guys take in to, to kind of, you can't ensure this, but to ensure as best as you can the financial financial stability of your league in the long term. That's where I go back to the sport itself. So mm-hmm. if, if the sport wasn't there, we'd be wasting our time, wasting our money, uh, wasting our investment. Um, we believe in this sport, um, and, and, and it's shown us that we should have that faith in it. So heading into our 10th season, it doesn't mean that um, that it's guaranteed that we're going to succeed. Uh, you know, we're, we are, we're still lean and mean, like I said. Um, but it means that we have the utmost confidence and belief in, in kind of our mission. Um, and so, and so it's finding the right partners, um, um, making, making those relationships, um, you know, and believing in what we're doing. And so, yeah. And knowing we have the right team to make it happen. Yeah, and about these partners and sponsorships, I mean, what are some of the biggest ones that you've been able to, uh, you know, latch onto here? Yep. So we work with Cricket Wireless, who is a great sponsor for us. Um, this this um, past championship, we did it out of uh, an indoor stadium in Arizona, amazing stadium. Um, so working with the, um, Anderson auto group, for example, who owns the stadium and, 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 uh, has the local dealerships there, um, um, Michelo Budweiser, um, sponsoring the event. So, um, as we continue to grow, that's going to be key for us. It's attaching brands to our audience and our audience is that young demographic, 18 to 34, Yep, it is mostly guys who are watching football. Um, it's a multicultural audience. Um, this is America's favorite sport. So we know we have that connection. And now it's how to add value to that. And actually, and there's a lot of great opportunities to do that. We can be super creative. Um, and I think you'll see a lot more of that this season. Um, and, and, uh, that's pretty exciting for us when we have those opportunities. And I, I think you guys have an almost infinite talent pool to pick from in terms of players and, and coaches. Um, and you talk, you mentioned tryouts and things like that. So how do you guys vet the players that are trying to, to join the league? Uh, what are the eligibility requirements that, uh, you know, you, do you have to be just over 18? Do you have to be out of high school and college? What What are the rules for, for joining the league as a player? Great question. Um, yeah, you do have to be 18 or older. 
Um, of course, you got to make the team. Um, our minimum roster is 14. The maximum is 35. So all of our all of our teams have you know pretty much a space um, to pick up, uh, and even eight teams in each market. So there's room to pick up a few hundred guys onto these rosters. Um, depending on where they are, they may only have two to four teams uh, that season. They may have eight teams. Like in Vegas, they have eight teams. Um, so they'll have a few hundred guys playing out of out of Nevada. Um, uh, you'll even see some former NFL players in the A7FL, and I think we'll continue to see more of that. So we just had Dominic Rogers Cromarty uh, playing for the Tampa Nightcrawlers, so I'm wearing their jersey today. Um, uh, and it's a big name, former former Raider. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we're yeah, really, Cardinal, really proud so. to have him uh, in the league, and and so a lot of these guys, they still want to play football. He's a guy who's played and been super successful in the NFL, amazing athlete, still wants to play, I'll probably play some flag football also, but when presented with the opportunity to actually still hit and, and um, you know, and, and, uh, and be as kind of get that feeling back like like when he was in the NFL this is a this is the perfect opportunity and is is the compensation for these players is that is it public information can you share that with us or yeah I can share that so they're um com- the compensation is prize pool so we have a uh, a prize pool for the championship winning team our athletes aren't compensated individually um uh, they're actually registering, paying a registration fee to play in the league. That's one of the unique aspects here, and also one of the aspects of the growth to come as we move forward. Our our athletes will start to get paid, start to travel cross country. Um, so right now, less commitment, but even with this format, the excitement and entertainment of the sport is tremendous. Uh, so it just goes to show why we're so uh, kind of excited and believe in our sport. Yeah, I don't think that's that unique. I mean, I think it's it's an awesome way to ensure commitment. It's uh, just like any other league or tournament that you want to play in, whether it's soccer, golf, football. You're paying to play because you're paying, you know, for the 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 fields, the uniforms, the referees. You know, you can go play football in the park with your buddies if you want, but it's not going to feel the same. So I, I totally get the approach of, of wanting to have that, that pay-to-play uh, approach. Um, and then you mentioned a few times the, the future and the growth that you guys are looking for. Where do you see this league in the next five or ten years? You mentioned filling up the middle of the country, expanding to different markets. You know, Pay me the big picture here in mm-hmm. five to ten years. Yeah, pretty straightforward. Um, not reinventing the wheel. Sports are designed in, in the way that they are for a reason. It's just like the mathematics. It's as simple as that. Um, so we're expanding across the country. Right now we have eight teams in each of our markets. Eventually we'll have a major league with one team in each of those markets that's traveling nationally. So imagine 32 teams like the NFL in, in two conferences traveling nationally um, throughout the season. And then the addition of international markets as well. That's where we're going to excel, uh, I think, quicker than the NFL because our sport is no pads, no helmets. It's easily adaptable in all international markets. All you need is the what we say, the bodies and a ball 
to play the game. So, um, so, and so we'll eventually end up at an, uh, at an international tournament, international championship for the American sevens football, uh, you know, global world championship. Yeah. I mean, you read my mind. That was my next question is, is, you know, if there's any international inspiration, aspiration, sounds like you guys are already there. Um, anywhere in particular you guys are thinking about, I mean, I'm just picturing some rugby guys from Italy or, or, or England or Australia. New Zealand, you yeah. know, all these places. Yeah. I mean, so Australia is the, is where you guys are looking at, uh, first. Also Australia, uh, Canada, um, obviously the UK, um, uh, Mexico, Brazil, uh, not a number of international markets, and some of them are already playing our sport recreationally. Um, and over the years, they've shown interest in 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 trying to develop it further. So I think we're we're just kind of taking a step by step approach. We're focused on the U.S. and then we're moving outwards from there. And I think it's like I said at the top. It's just there's something so relatable about watching your your sport. It's just. I think it's easier. There's an easier barrier of entry than NFL football or just you know traditional football because of the pads and you know they let it just it looks it's a lot more uh, free flowing. It's less chaotic looking than the NFL with you know 22 guys on the field. It can get overwhelming. I feel mm-hmm. like this is much easier to understand. You know, there's less guys out there. There's no pads. You see the people's faces. So That's all that right. stuff just you makes see their it. Face. You know, that is a that is a unique aspect. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot more approachable. A lot more relatable. Uh, I mean, before we wrap up, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners about, you know, your, your league's mission or anything specific that you want us to, uh, to check out on online or on social or, you know, when, when's your next season starting? How about that? Yeah. So our 24 season and this, so this is a first, uh, uh, breaking news. <clears throat> we'll start March 24th, 2024. Um, and, and I just hope everybody tunes in. Um, we have teams across the country. Uh, even if we don't have teams in your market, I think you'll love to watch uh, our style of football. Our announcers are amazing. Um, it's just a full day of football, a great Sunday to, 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 to spend a, a, you know up to nine hours watching A7FL and, and all the excitement. Um, you're going to have big hits, big plays, big catches, amazing scrambles. You'll have our three-on-one special teams. Um, a lot of fun. Um, so spend the spring with us from March to July um, and watch the A7FL. You can find out more at a7fl.com. And where on social? Are you guys on TikTok? I know you guys are on Instagram. Are you on TikTok and Twitter and all these places as well? We are, yeah. Instagram at a7fl. Um, the same on TikTok. Um and you can find all those platforms on our website. Yeah, I think your sport is just made for these short clips, these uh, TikToks and the big hits and the big plays. It's uh, like it's intoxicating <laughs> watching it's these. A, it's a highlight machine. You're exactly right. Yeah, just big plays left and right. None of these like three yard, three yards in a cloud of dust type runs. So, <laughs> thanks so much, Shannon. Thank you. Really appreciate your time. Make sure you guys check out the A7FL. It's a ton of fun. I promise I was, you know, I didn't do this on purpose uh, to plug the pod, uh, to plug the league or anything. I found it organically and I said, I got to talk to this guy because what you guys are doing is amazing. And as a football guy, as a sports guy, I had to bring you on. Uh, So once again, thank you so much for your time.
Thank you, Khaled. I really appreciate you reaching out, man. Thank you. And uh, for as far as the 4040 Vision podcast, make sure to follow us on all the major social media platforms at 4040 Vision Pod and check out our YouTube channel also at 4040 Vision Pod on YouTube. Thanks, everybody.